Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today's story is Aunt and Shelley Break Stuff. Here we go. Aunt and Chelly were not ordinary kids. They were twins for a start. Normally, when you think of twins, you think of two people who look exactly alike. But Aunt was a boy and Chelly was a girl, so that was an obvious difference right there. Also, Aunt was a large boy who, if I was being unkind, might say somewhat resembled a potato. But a very lovable and easy to get along with potato. After all, who doesn't like potato? Mashed, fried, cut up as chips, it's all good. Whereas Chelly was smaller, wirier, and she never ever stopped moving, unless she was asleep. But even then, she would often kick out and mutter something angrily about whatever she was dreaming. She boiled with energy and ideas. This often made her exhausting to be around. Now, the best thing about being twins, apart from having someone the exact same age as you to copy your homework off, I mean, be your study partner, is that you share the exact same birthday. So there's none of the usual pettiness between siblings, one jealous of the other celebrating their special day. When Aunt and Chelly had their birthday, it was just a flat-out extravaganza of cake, presents and fun. But the single best thing about their birthday was always the same. It was their present from Granny. Granny had gotten a bit, what's the polite way to say this? I know it's not bonkers. Let's say eccentric in her old age. She wasn't content to sit quietly in her nursing home doing crochet. She kept annoying the staff by taking off and having adventures. Once she hitchhiked to Thailand, which is not easy because there's one sea and several countries in the way. Another time, she caught a plane to Argentina and became a semi-professional polo player on the over-70 circuit. And on another occasion, when the nursing home took all the residents on a day trip to the circus, Granny had so impressed the ringmaster with her fire-breathing ability, he had smuggled her away and she'd spent three months touring South Africa before she'd been deported home for travelling without a passport. But taking holidays was not what Granny was best at. Granny was best at buying presents. Every year when Aunt and Shelley's birthday came around, a parcel would arrive in the post and inside would be the most amazing thing they had never even thought of dreaming that they wanted. One year, she sent them a six-metre-long Swiss Alphorn that, when standing on the roof of their garage, could be heard ten kilometres away. Another year, she'd been travelling in Japan, so she sent them a robot that could make sushi. And another year, a basket arrived containing a skunk that she caught herself in the wilds of Canada. This had been a bit naughty. You shouldn't really give pets as presents because they're such a big responsibility. But Aunt and Shelley did have the most legendary show-and-tell ever when they took the skunk into school to show their class and it sprayed the student teacher who was filling in. The student teacher had bathed in tomato juice for an hour and still couldn't get the smell off. In the end, she'd had a career rethink and joined the army, just so that she could be sure she would never have to work with children again. 
Anyway, I've been digressing for too long. We really must get started with the story. So here goes. It was the morning of their 10th birthday, and Aunt and Shelley were excitedly awaiting the arrival of the postman. They'd already opened all their presents from their mum and dad. There were totally cool video games, slime-making kits, and an entire family-sized box of chocolates each. Now they were just waiting to see what they got from Granny. Because they knew, even though their presents had been awesome so far, Granny's present would be a gazillion times better. Perhaps even two gazillion times better, like the time she got them a real laser that was so powerful it could melt bricks. They sat in their living room, their faces pressed against the glass, waiting for the first glimpse of the postman's high-vis clothing. It seemed like time slowed down to the trickle speed of molasses. Even though the postman always promptly delivered their mail at 9.15, and it was now 9.14, it felt like he would never come. Then they saw it. A flash of fluoro yellow through the azalea bush, the bob of a bald head peeking above the hedge, and finally the postman came into view. Aunt and Chelly burst out of the house. Chelly got to the front door first because her reflexes were faster, but Aunt's legs were longer and he passed her as they both sprinted down the front path. The postman didn't even get a chance to put the parcel in the postbox before the twins wrenched it out of his hands. Thank you, cried Chelly over her shoulder as she and Aunt ran back into the house. The postman hurried away. He would take being attacked by a large dog any day in preference to overexcited children. You couldn't secretly kick an overexcited child. Well, you could, but they always dobbed you in. Once inside, Aunt and Chelly sat down and looked at the present. They were not immediately impressed by the appearance of their parcel. It wasn't very big. There were no exciting barbs or horns requiring extra bubble wrap. It was a simple, rectangular-shaped package. But they were not perturbed. Fireworks or dangerous chemicals could easily be packaged in this type of small box. They did not doubt their grandmother's gift-giving potential. The next question was, who would get to unwrap it? Being democratic siblings, they instinctively knew the answer. Both of them. They started ripping and tearing at the package with their bare hands, not even bothering to look for a pair of scissors, several of which had fallen down the back of the couch and were within arm's reach. Paper and plastic flew in every direction as the outer wrapping was decimated, and finally the gift was revealed. But nothing could prepare them for the shock of what they found inside. It's a book, said Aunt. The amount of disgust and contempt he managed to infuse into that simple four-letter word was deeply impressive. He managed to make the word book sound like a swear word. Are you sure? asked Chelly, twisting her head over to look at the underside. Maybe it's some kind of trick, and there's a flesh-eating piranha stored inside. Aunt opened the book so the pages fell open. No, it's definitely just a book. Now he made the word book sound like a hideous offence, meant to deeply insult the recipient. Chelly took the book from him. She closed it again, then opened the front cover, just in case it was some sort of magic trick, so that it looked like a book. When you shut it, it would transform into a bunny rabbit. But regrettably, there was no rabbit. I can't believe it, said Chelly. A book! She made the word book sound like some sort of ancient foreign object that was inconceivable to have any value in modern society. Do you think she's angry with us for some reason? asked Aunt. Maybe she's sending it to us to punish us. Granny would never do that, said Shelley. She likes it when we're naughty. She says it shows character. Oh, perhaps she's been kidnapped by aliens and sending this book is her way of secretly signalling for help. I doubt it, said Shelley. If an alien did try to kidnap her, she'd just do some tricky martial arts on them and make them accept her as their leader. True, agreed Aunt. 
She'd done a similar thing to the postman when he'd once said, Good morning, a little too jauntily, while she'd been napping on a sun lounger on the front lawn. There's a note, said Shelley. As she turned to the title page, she saw a handwritten message from their grandmother. Dear Aunt and Shelley, I hope you find this gift inspirational. Love, Granny. What does that mean? asked Aunt. I think we're going to have to read the book to find out, said Shelley. Oh, not reading, said Aunt, writhing in distress. That's the worst. It won't be too bad, said Shelley. I think there are pictures. So they both slumped back on the couch and started to read the book. The Book of World Records, Shelley said aloud as she read the printed text on the title page. She turned the page, fully expecting to be bored witless. That did not happen. As soon as they saw the first photograph, they were horrified. Oh, they both screamed. What is that? yelled Aunt as he hid his head under a sofa cushion. I don't know, wailed Shelley as she pressed her hands over her eyes. Aunt peeked out from under the cushion. It looks like some sort of horrific scientific experiment gone wrong. Shelley squinted through her fingers trying to read the print without focusing on the picture. It says it's the man with the world's longest fingernails. They measure nine metres and 9.6 centimetres. But how does he go to the toilet? asked Aunt. How does he wipe his bottom? Oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't, said Shelley. So, so unhygienic. Quick, turn the page. It's traumatising me, said Aunt. Shelley flicked over, but she found the next image confusing too. Why is that man on fire? she asked. It says, longest distance, dragged on horseback, while whole body is on fire, read Aunt. But why would anyone do that? asked Shelley. These people are bonkers, said Aunt. And so the day progressed. Aunt and Shelley spent three hours reading the Book of World Records from cover to cover, and it was the most engrossing, horrifying, shocking and disgusting book they had ever read. In short, they loved it. This is the best book ever, said Aunt in awe. I know, said Shelley, but you know what we have to do now? Send Granny a thank you note for sending it, said Aunt. Yeah, right, as if the mail service will be able to find her in Paraguay, said Shelley. No, now we have to get in this book. What, said Aunt? His mind was momentarily perplexed as he imagined living inside a collection of pages. A new edition of this book is published every year. We should break a world record and get our photo in the next book, said Shelley. That would be so awesome, said Aunt. Obviously, some of these things are impossible, said Shelley. I'm not growing my fingernails nine metres long, said Aunt. No, that would be disgusting and it would take too long. And I'm not letting a swarm of bees land on my face, said Aunt. Of course not, said Shelley. No one would be able to tell it was you in the picture. But some of these things are easy. Most balloons popped in one minute, furthest pogo jump, most drinking straws shoved in your mouth. We could beat all of those this afternoon. Let's do it. End of part one. Tune in next week to hear the conclusion of this story. Thank you for listening to support this podcast. Just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. You can order them through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They've got all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.